Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into episode number 98 of the Get Around. My name is Jake Atnip in the Get Around podcast studio with one of my good friends, 7 and 4s, Harrison Beebe. Oh, thanks, Jake. And my esteemed colleague. And also... James Cook. James. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be friends because you're colleagues. He might be a rung below. I don't know. Not really. That's I mean, fair. That's a fair. Yeah, you're not you're not too much of a step below Harrison, but I mean he might have, he might have a little bit of youth on this you. That might be the only thing. A little bit. That might be the only thing. I, <laughs> I try not to rank people in front of other people, but apparently Jake's. We're just talking about guest wise. Like James oh. technically technically James is a guest on the podcast today. He's on here on his day off. Yeah, I guess. Here on his day off, just coming in, stopping by, just to give the people what they need. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to talk about prior to is this Sunday, a big event coming up at Pitts Bitters Park. The Grand Traverse Social Sports Baseball. Wait, no, wait, wait. People don't care about how I golf. Do people care about you playing baseball? Well, this is an actual event they can come to. No one's going to come out and watch you play golf. They no, can no come, one's going to come watch. They can come get food. It's debatable if someone's going to watch you play baseball. Hey, they can come get food. They can come get beer. Hey, it's at Pittsbitters Park. Uh, the, I can't promise the baseball is going to live up to the quality of uh, what you've seen over the summer at Pittsbitters Park. But the Lucky Duckies are going to be taking on the Orange Birds in the championship game. Me yeah, personally, orange. why? I'm, it's because I'm wearing the tiger stuff. You know, tigers season's over with. I can represent without having shame on my face. It's all up in the air at this point. No, the shame's still there. There's always shame. <laughs> seems seems like so. game, After that season, seems shame like game is still week, there. You should avoid that team's color. Nah, it doesn't matter. It's it's not like it's like. Well, I guess these are our rivals, but regardless, everybody should come out to Pit, uh, Pittsburghers Park three o'clock on Sunday to come cheer us should on. Should we do a podcast there after the game? You guys should do it during the game, you live broadcast. He's going to be Brockmeyer for Halloween, anyways. You're going to be our guest athlete. We already got it set up. Are you ready to come out, bring all the equipment, and uh, set up shop in the press box? And that giant computer. Yeah, we're going to bring that whole thing out there. The whole that's desktop. Gonna be, that's going to be awesome. No, I uh, I hope everybody shows up. I know Harrison's going to be there because. Only supporting friends do great things. James has to work that day, but I told him to come out and shoot it for the sports section on Monday. But we'll see what he does. We're going to try and get all the publicity we can. You are trying. Use my uh, my media chops to... I may. I may try. Tell everybody to come out and watch us, but... Well, you there, can, is, you, there is beer there, right? There is, is beer there. Yes, there is the concession. The concession stands will be open. Microbrews. Whatever, whatever Pittsburghers usually have, I'm sure they'll have. Really? Because they are they are opening up the concession stands. They're selling food and alcohol. I'm gonna need a couple beers if I gotta watch Jake play on a cold Sunday. I'll be behind the plate. So if you want to see the host of the get around in real sports action, which we talk about all the time, how good these athletes are and how much how often we would probably get our butts kicked by the athletes that we talk about. This is your one chance to come out and see me and seven and four weatherman Blake Hansen, who's and seven and four producer Connor Morris. Yeah, I mean the dream team out of Pittsburghers Park. You can come see how good we are, especially any hey, any of you athletes who listen to this. You know when you hear me talk, you know about your team. Say, oh, I don't think you're so good, or you know I think you're really good. Come out and see what you're up against, and then I don't think you'll have any. Uh, any ill will towards me. Then, seen, then they can do their own compare and contrast. Exactly. Have you seen the trophy yet? No, I have not. Mm-hmm. That's something that you only behest your or eyes Do you get, upon. like, the little miniature trophies if you win, it, like, in Little League? I, I don't really know, to be honest with you, but we are going to bring some champagne. I'm going to text Mickey Graham, make sure we can bring some champagne so we can pop some champagne when we win that championship game. Bulletin board material for the Orange team. Yeah, the Orange Birds, led by uh, Chris they Cook. They love this pod. Red by oh, you. Cook loves the pod. <laughs> I wonder if he listens. If you're out there, Chris Cook... <laughs> We're, we're gonna beat you. you, yeah. We're gonna beat you this week. 
But not, uh, not related. Not related at all. But we do have a loaded episode today. After you guys come out and see me this Sunday, there's going to be a lot more high school sports going on prior to and after that. So we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about what happened this past weekend down in East Lansing at the golf finals, about the tennis finals as well that were spread across the state. I want to talk a little bit about Sutton's Bay and Onekama football game that James had pleasure of witnessing on Friday. We're going to dive into our athlete interview with the Ball brothers from Elk Rapids, Spencer Ball and Preston Ball. On the, the Elks, ball going, the Ball Bros, going into uh, bros. going into regionals. They uh, just beat Boyne City in the district final on Saturday. Uh, had a have had a pretty good stretch here in the playoffs of defense and high powered offense. We're going to get to talk to them about that. And then after the fact, we're going to dive into the Hall of Fame to induct another member into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. And we're going to talk about our trifecta at the end of the episode, just to get your brains thinking. We're going to talk about the XFL. So here's a little funny thing about the Ball Brothers. You were talking to, to Nate Plum about getting somebody from Elk Rapids to be on the podcast, and then I'm down at the state finals for golf, and I get this text out of the out of the blue from from Nate, and it, and it just says, "The Ball Boys can do it," and I'm like, "Is he just like that <laughs> texting the right person? Is he talking? Is he doing like organizational stuff for a game about who's going to be the Ball Boys?" Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> who's going to be the Ball Boys? Probably have some pretty good stories. <laughs> Ball boys. So I just get this text out, and then I just completely ignore it because it, at the time, didn't make sense to me. And then when when you told me who we were going to have on this week, I was like, yeah, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, Nate Plum, one of our Audible viewers, shout out to him, finally having a couple of his kids on, obviously, and another one of those playoff runs that Elk Rapids has become known for underneath uh, his leadership. So we're going to talk to them about that a bit later. Yeah, we're going to dive into the pulse where we put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world. This sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fest, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. James, you were kind of the man of the weekend on the stuff that, we, that we're about to chat about. Spending time at Onekama Sutton's Bay and down at the Gulf State Finals. I know you talked to uh, Cody Richards from the Tennis State Finals, so we'll get into all that. Let's start off with what happened first, which would be that Sutton's Bay-Onekama game. We know that now Sutton's Bay takes the conference title. Beat them twice. We've talked about it on this podcast over and over and over again. Uh, but now they're undefeated. This has to mean that they have the best shot and are the best team in Northern Michigan, right? Man, I would have to think so. And and what you were saying, what about their uh, their their path in the playoffs? Doesn't even look like they're going to have like well, currently more than one home you, game. Who everybody knows snooze to you. Mm-hmm. Who's anybody? Uh, he projects every week. He's still got a few more projections, and his aren't entirely accurate. But they're pretty darn close for what's going in here. They would still have to be on the road for a second-round matchup, a regional final, which is yeah, just shows how tough downstate teams are. Yeah, Martin, you got it up. <clears throat> yeah, Martin it has. Lawrence. As of right now, it has them playing Misek in the first round, which is who they're playing this week in Week 9. Um, so they play them in back-to-back weeks, and then if they won that one, they'd play the winner of Martin and Bellevue, which would, I would assume be Martin. Which seems kind of interesting. You figured the year Sutton's Bay is having, they would have home field throughout to the finals, but oh well. I mean, I those numbers are what the numbers are. Those those forfeits by Gaylord St. Mary don't really do anything for them at this point. That's the only thing is you thought with them getting that extra win, it might help, but with the way that the playoff points work, they don't have it. Gaylord St. Mary now doesn't have any wins over any quality opponents, just a couple of forfeits, which really don't add that much for Sutton's Bay. Their, their schedule has been good in northern Michigan, but as you mentioned, uh, we just saw what happened this past weekend when Portland St. Patrick's came up and uh, played Bel Air. Very good 
competition downstate. They Morris, go Nekima this year again. exactly. Morris is going to be really tough uh, for Sutton's Bay to try and get through. We just saw what Pickford did to uh, Gaylord St. Mary last week, and we know you know Gaylord St. Mary did beat Sutton's Bay by one point, regardless of you know if it is a, if it was forfeited or not. You know we saw what they actually were able to do against each other on the field. So it's not that Sutton's Bay has got an easy road whatsoever, but I think that the Norths have you know have the chops to make it. They were only a play away from Pickford last year, which was, what, one game away from the semifinal. That's not that far off this year. They only have to win three games, and they're going to be at the Superior Dome. Yeah, it was interesting, because after the game, I asked uh, Garrick Opie, you know, how the the forfeit from St. Mary affected their playoff points, and uh, he was like, it's like, not not that much, or anything like that, and then Bryce was standing behind me, and he kind of butts in, and he's like, oh, it was two points. Just like, like, like he knows everything. He, he knew this, has all the points broken down. He's like, yeah, it was two points. I'm starting to think Bryce is the real coach of this team. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that kid is a pretty calm, collected quarterback. He just doesn't seem to get rattled at all at quarterback. Um, and, man, Lucas Mikesell, I think, may be the most elusive player I've seen this year. Yeah. And he can turn on the Jets. And, I mean, he had one play where a guy had him wrapped up and he just broke the tackle and slipped away. Then stiff-armed a guy like... And not just stiff-armed him, but like I think I know the player threw him to the ground, yeah. stiff-armed, and then outran another dude to the end zone. Well, then they obviously have the playmakers and what it'll take to, to do I, something to play I asked off. him if that was his best run of the season. And and he probably said no. And he did said, no, I don't think it is. Well, one makes you wonder what we've missed out on with our own two eyes. Probably quite a bit. I know, the kid had, what, like 300 and something all-purpose 340 all-purpose yards? Yeah, like 233 on the ground and... 60-something receiving, and then he had some punt return yardage. Hey, man, put the ball in his hands and see what happens. But uh, Onekama's stats had him for like 350 yards rushing alone. Really? Uh, <laughs> like they thought he carried the ball every single time. <laughs> they gave it to Mike Sell <laughs> the whole game. While, yeah. But uh, do we think that Sutton's Bay will be playing at the Uberdome? The way they looked against Onekama, and Onekama is a very quality opponent. I mean, yeah, they've lost three games, but all to really good teams. Two to two to Sutton's Bay. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they've got the potential too. Man, they just they just look really really impressive in all phases. And and against a team like Onekama, that I think that that really stands out to me. It's not like they were playing an 0 and 8 team no. and, and just running up big numbers. They were doing that against a really good Onekama team. Uh, an Onekama team that had oh still has a lot of the kids who played in the Uperdome last year. And, you know, since I've been here, we've been good for having somebody in the Uperdome each year. I think Sutton's Bay is the one this year. I mean, Gaylord St. Mary is going to have to. They still have a yeah, small, small Yeah, is going to have to, is gonna have to you know, really squeeze in there. But that's the thing about it is, you know, once Gaylord, if Gaylord St. Mary was to get into the playoffs, that's all they have to do. And then it's. sleeper in the field. Exactly. You'd be the biggest sleeper ever we, coming in at like three or four wins. right now for anybody who doesn't know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can. I don't know if, uh, if everybody read our coverage last week or saw. You know what went on, but Gaylord St. Mary was forced to forfeit all f- or, or five of the games that they actually four played. Wins. Four wins and a loss against Pickford uh, due to uh, having a couple of academically ineligible players uh, playing on their team over the first five games, coming from one of their co-ops. Not not quite sure exactly where, but n- nonetheless, yeah, nonetheless, yeah. it just stinks for those kids who you know had beat Sutton's Bay, have you know put on 
quite the show over the last over the last seven eight weeks, putting up 80, 90 points, showing that they really were something to be messed with in the, the eight player football in their first year. Uh, that's really just a big disappointment for you know the kids and especially guys like Brady Hunter, who really is like the heart and soul of that team. And you can see you know in his last year that really that has to sting. Well, I for one was looking forward to a potential rematch between Sutton's Bay and Gaylord St. Mary in the playoffs since that regular season game was so good. And I guess there's still a slim chance we're going to get it, but at this rate... Slim. It would definitely be at Sutton's Bay because of playoff points. And, uh, yeah, and that's if Gaylord St. Mary can get enough love from the strength of schedule of their opponents to uh, get a pick from the selection committee. There's a chance, but as Jeff Jeff Kimberly from the MHSA said, it's a... Slim, slim, slim chance. Pretty tough. So keep those fingers crossed in Snowbird land. We'll see what happens. All right. Next, James. Your next event from the weekend. You were down in East Lansing for the Gulf State Finals where we had Traverse City West, Petoskey, Traverse City Central taking the course with a couple people finishing way towards the top. Auntie D from Traverse City West in Division One, finishing as a runner-up. Emlyn Munch finishing as a runner-up in Division Two, And Ashley Lamb finishing inside the top ten like she uh, talked about on this podcast just last week. You know, we had Emlyn and Ashley on here. Both seem that like they reached their goals and maybe even exceeded them a little bit. What did you see out of the girls this weekend? Uh, Emlyn seemed to really have... A nice round, um, you know, and, and she did. I noticed she was doing one of those things that she was talking to us about in the podcast yesterday, which was she was walking with that upright, confident posture, and that's what yeah. she was saying that you, you need to do when you play golf and, and keep yourself up. And she, she was totally doing that, and uh, she was hitting the ball pretty well. Um, you know, came in second in the state, I think two or three strokes back. Same thing as Nancy D um, in in the other division. Um, and they were literally playing across the street from each other at Forest Acres. Makes it easy for you. West and, uh, and east. Yeah, I was able to just kind of jump off from west at uh, one of the holes and go right across the street and catch up to uh, catch up to TC Central over on the other course. It was funny because I pulled up and there's like a concession stand over there and a, where a whole bunch of holes converge. And I just pulled up to somebody and I was like, I'm like, hey, do you know how to get to the sixth hole? Because I had already texted Lois and asked her like, what hole the central golfers were on. And so this girl was like, she's like, oh, I think it's, I think it's that way. And then I, rec- and then I recognized that it was Megan Jenkinson, who's a former TC West golfer, who was there to watch the, the tournament. Okay. She's at Hope College. She's got all her Hope College gear on and everything. And uh, so she said she was over, actually over watching TC Central, not TC West, because Emlyn Munch is one of her best friends, and okay. she was trying to recruit her to come to Hope <laughs> as well. So. Yeah. And I, I saw you mention in your story that there was quite a few uh, college coaches out there looking at the at these girls. You when you finish one two in the in the state in your division, I mean, there's got to be some eyes on you. Yeah, and Emily, I mean, she said she's only been playing golf for like what four years. Yeah. So I mean, there's still room for her game to grow. I'm gonna assume, assume too. So coaches got to be looking at that. Now, where where did Ashley Lamb end up finishing? I believe it was ninth. And she said she wanted top ten. She said she, she said she wanted top five. She did. But. Yeah. <laughs> she she said top ten, and then she said top five would be nice. I believe it was it was the way that it she went. She said but. top five and top three. Okay. Wow. But yeah, there was points where she She's didn't appear the to top. be. <laughs> the top something. Yeah, there's points where she didn't appear to be uh, all that happy, but. Real frustrated, real silent but, on the course, like she told us she would. Well, be yeah, last she, week. I think she's always that way. From when she told us in the podcast mm-hmm. last week, is she doesn't she doesn't do a whole lot, and she didn't this time either but you know there was some some pushing of the cart that told you there was some frustration there and stuff but uh i, th- I imagine every golfer has that because after every round you play you're always like there was those there's something you want to there's, there's something you want to do again yeah now 
we we talked about uh, on CD a little bit last week. Uh, we thought that she might be really close to that state title, only a couple strokes off. We know she does one whole year left at Traverse City West. How do you go up from here? We talked about this with Annika too. She she gets that state title. You know, obviously we talked about her. She she probably will miss out on Miss Golf now, uh, with missing that state title, but. Is this just more fuel for her? Do you think that this is better for her for next year? Well, it's got to be. I mean, she said there's only one place to go up. Like, there's only one spot more to go up. So she's obviously looking at that. I believe that the, the girl who won the state title this year it will be back. So she's got that mountain to climb again. But, you know, I think she's definitely got it in her. I mean, her game is, is coming along. Her short game is better than it used to be. Um, she went through her entire second round without three-putting. Um, which is important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she did that a couple of times in the first round, um, and, and it kind of cost her, and she had some, some ground to make up coming into the second round, and she caught fire there and had uh, birdies on three holes in a row and, and got herself right back into the thick of it. Yeah, I'm not trying to make any excuses for Auntie. I, I did a story on her a week ago hyping up the fact that, hey, here's another D sister going down to the state finals looking to make it four straight for that family. Uh, so in a way, I guess I added to the pressure by running that story and doing the interview, but I, I can't imagine what that's like to have that pressure to follow up in your sister's footsteps like that, uh, knowing what a successful golfer she has been and still is now in Michigan, and now Ansi having you know that win on her shoulder just by her last name alone to uh, succeed at that level, much less how good of a golfer she actually is on her own. I mean, she's beating her sister in tournament. She beat her four days after Annika won the Michigan Women's Open this summer. Ansi won the tournament that weekend that they played in. So I know little things like this. I remember Annika lost, what, her freshman year by a stroke, I believe, for the individual championship. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's these type of things that, let me tell you, if, if I'm a competitor of the D sisters, I don't want to be going in with that mindset and facing a person with that mindset the following year. Yeah, and the first things that they did pretty much after the, the state finals were over is they, the family packed up and went over to, to Ann Arbor to go visit Annika. And, and Nancy was, like, all excited because she hasn't seen her for since school started. All right, we do have one more thing to talk about in the Pulse, and that is the tennis state finals. We had Traverse City West, Traverse City St. Fra- or Traverse City St. Francis, Traverse City Central, Petoskey, and, yeah, and Manistee head down to the state finals this past week. Uh, all but one team were knocked out of the running on Friday, and that turned out to be Traverse City St. Francis in Division Four. Had four flight or three flights move on to the state finals or state semifinals. Had Charlie Schmood at two singles fall in the state semifinal in a very tough match. But the other two were both number one seeds with Cody Richards at number three singles, and then Brendan Chenard and Ben Schmood at number one doubles. They both. Took it to the house and took home some state championships. Yeah, well, basically, whatever they uh, they brought back some hardware. They're taking that to the bank. How about that? Mm. But uh, Brendan Chenard, Brendan Chenard, second year in a row winning a doubles uh, individual state title. Last year he did it at the number two doubles flight with Sean Navin. This year moving up to number one doubles and getting that new partner, sophomore Ben Schmood, uh, moving up, getting that state title. We talked about St. Francis staying in that upper echelon of tennis over the last few weeks. They finish as a team fourth overall, so inside the top five. I think, I think the points are pretty close. They too. were. She, they were only a couple points off of first place. Ends up being yeah. They they had eighteen total points. Were twenty one. Where uh, Allegan and Kalamazoo Hackett. Kalamazoo Hackett. They tied at the top. <clears throat> but but either way, um, we talked about we talked about St. Francis going down there last week. We were seeing who had the best shot. Once again, uh, I know I know I said Traverse City West won doubles flight did not work out. 
one doubles flight from St. Francis ends up doing it. Is it a surprise you guys whatsoever? Oh, absolutely not, especially with Chenard, you know, being used to that situation and being comfortable on that stage. You know, any any issue on that in that final match, in that final round, was not going to bother him too much, no, and he, he's done, been in there and done that. And, uh, I mean, St. Francis bringing home state championships, that's as routine as Nothing new. paying your taxes and all that other stuff that comes up annually every year. Yeah, and I mean they they ended up they had to play the number two seed in the final match, so it's not like the competition got diluted at all through the tournament. But they 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 ran through it pretty easily, and uh, Ben Schmood said he fell back on Brennan Schnard's experience, as you mentioned in the state finals last year, just to kind of pick his brain and be like, you know, what are we gonna have to do to make this happen? And yeah, Brennan Schnard can be my partner in just about anything at this point, whatever comes up. Yep, he can be my tag team partner. I'll trust him. That works. That works. Yeah, we talked. Uh, we talked to him, and they basically just said that all they had to do was bring the intensity. Brendan Schnard said that he did feel that he they were the best tandem at that state finals, and he told Ben that he said nobody here should beat us, and that's why they hopped on him. And he said they kept the intensity up, just kept on being aggressive, 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 and it worked out for him. So, two more state titles for the St. Francis tennis team. Obviously, uh, they haven't taken a step back. No, I think that um, you know Dane Fosgard has him. He's taken right off where. Paul Bandrowski left off. Sometimes you're worried about that drop-off between coaches, but I haven't seen it so far. I mean, yeah, I mean, even Chenard said to me, he was like, you know, a lot of us thought that we might fall out of the top five this year, but the young guys stepped up. They all responded to Coach Fosgard. It worked out. So they might not even been expecting so much, you know, at the beginning of the year as a team, but at the end of the year, once again, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? All right, DePaul's was sponsored by Jimmy John's. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to lead us into our interview with the Ball Brothers from Elk Rapids, Preston and Spencer, two offensive weapons for the Elk Rapids soccer team who are heading into regional play after winning the district title over Boyne City on Saturday. Had a great interview with them, so let's go ahead and listen to that now. We are very excited to welcome into the Get Around Podcast Studio the Ball Brothers from Elk Rapids, Junior Preston Ball, Freshman Spencer Ball. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Of course, these guys from the Elk Rapids soccer team just took down Boyne City in the district final on Saturday and are gearing up for their first regional game on Wednesday. Wanted to bring these guys in to kind of talk about their season and uh, what, what's ahead. So. We'll talk about this game that just happened on Saturday. Uh, you guys get past that district final. Seems like you guys get to that spot every year and always have uh, a dog in that fight. But Boyne City, coming into that game, looked like they were pretty good. You guys shut them down. I believe it was 6-0, to zero, correct? Yep. I mean, what, what do you guys think your key to this playoff run has been so far? Your defense, I believe, hasn't allowed a goal yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like the intensity we come out and play with. We try to set the tone right at the beginning of the game. Just like let the other team know what we're trying to do, or not like what we're trying to do tactically, but how our, our intensity is going to be the whole game. Kind of show the demeanor right off top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our coach wants us to score at least like one goal in the first 10 minutes of the game so that we always have that momentum going through it. So that is a goal that he'll put out in front of you guys. Yeah. Is he, mm-hmm. the, the first 10 minutes is something we need to strike on. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that something that's been all year round? Is that something that you guys have done? You know, you're just a freshman. You're just kind of getting into the whole Nate Plum thing. You've been around this for a while. Is that yeah. how it's always been for every game? Or is it now once you kind of get the wheels turning that he knows you guys can attack like that? I think it's once we get the wheels turning. Like, there's games throughout the season where it's not as big of a deal. But 
like once we get toward the end of the year and we know it's we're fighting for our lives every game that this first 10 minutes are crucial just set the tone and once you do that how how does it change the game for you guys if you're able to get that goal in the first 10 minutes for us usually it allows us to do more of what we want to do knowing that the other team's going to have to chase the game like they're not just going to be able to pack the box and just play defense the whole time they're actually going to have to try to attack which will open up space throughout the field yeah, and our defense is really strong. They like they'll lock down whoever is like the threat on their team and not let them score or get a chance. You guys have multiple guys on your team that are scoring on scoring goals on a regular basis. How much does that help you guys in that the other team can't necessarily just say we need to take that guy out of this game? Yeah, that's really good because we always will have an option to score. We'll have a, a way to score. Like, our top goal scorers have different ways to play, and some are good in the box, some are good one-on-one, and some are good shooters, so. So you guys kind of have a weapon for everything? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I probably will miss people if I name them off, but Josh Vandeveer, yeah. was it Mahaney Vander Kirkhoff, you guys. Um, Cooper Kirkhoff. Yeah, Cooper Kirkhoff. Well, and do you guys ever get that mixed up with the Vandeveer, the Kirkhoff, the Vander Kirkhoff? Like, that's, like, <laughs> all together in one. I Whatever they call in the names, I'm just like, well, which one's which? But I always remember Mahaney because mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a different first name than what yeah. I'm used to. But then there's the Vandeveer and the Kirkhoff, and then you put Vandekirkhoff. Anyways, you guys have a lot of weapons out there on offense. When, when and Mason Travis. I'm yeah. Mason yeah. Travis. There we go. I told you I'd forget one. <laughs> but, I mean, do, do you guys ever find teams trying to key on one person, and does that make you guys attack other, like, other avenues? They do. They'll like, try to attack one person, but we have so many different options, and the way we play, we like everyone's involved, so it's not like we're just trying to pinpoint one player up top and try to get him the ball. Yeah, against Grayling, you could hear like their coach and their fans, like whenever Preston got the ball, they'd be like, don't let him go to his left because he's left-footed, don't let him shoot with his left, and then our whole team's like, he can shoot with his right too, so it like, <laughs> doesn't really matter. Actually push him to his left so he can surprise <laughs> yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, you guys, like I like I talked to th- where I kind of mentioned beforehand, you guys have kind of been brought up in this Elk, Rap- Elk Rapids so- soccer culture, um, especially with Coach Nate Plum, you know, really putting you guys on a higher pedestal each and each year. I- I'll start off with you, Spencer. You've just entering the program this year, but I know he does a lot of work with the youth levels. You've obviously seen your brother and kind of been a part of it. Um, how much has, you know, your attitude changed towards soccer since getting to that varsity level and being with Coach Plum? Yeah, my I've been much happier because, like, the teams I used to play on, I used to play for some travel teams. And, like, I wouldn't really want to go to practice because I didn't really think it was fun. But now every day I want to go to practice and I want to, like, keep playing with our team and it's really fun to just practice with them and play games. Have you, have you noticed any growth in your soccer game since, you know, getting into that program? Yeah, for sure. Like, our team... We have so many, it's like so much depth that it's really competitive for like playing time and stuff. So it makes practices more competitive and everyone's trying to push each other to be better, which has definitely helped me and helped everyone else on our team improve their games. And you guys got to go on Wednesday, you got to go back to Claire. And that's where you guys run ended last year. Yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that a thing that you can keep in your mind that, man, we, we lost on this field last year? For me, it has. I've kind of kept thinking about it throughout the season especially when we played Ludington earlier in the season. That was one game that was really high on my list as far as me wanting to win and just being able to prove ourselves this year. 
Do you guys kind of like that uh, underdog mentality when you, or, or is it more of like a chip on your shoulder that you have to prove you prove yourself? Personally, I kind of like being the underdog just because, like, it kind of, I don't know, just gives me a mentality that extra fuel to the fire, pretty much, just getting to prove ourselves if we come out there and play as hard as we can. Never know what'll happen. <clears throat> so does Leland win in the state title last year? Is that how does that affect you guys? Are you guys like, well, somebody else from the area did it, so now we got to do it, or we got to we got to match them at least. One up them. Hey, we're in Division Three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We played them early in the season. It was kind of like that for us, where we knew that they had won last year, so it was one game that we keyed in on and really wanted to win. Now you guys are getting into these uh, deeper throws of the playoffs places where some of you guys haven't been before how do you approach you know these games that have a little bit more weight how do you is there any type of difference or are you guys able to keep kind of a calm head i think we usually keep a pretty calm head like there's always that little like adrenaline that builds up throughout the course of the week before your game and and then even in the warmth before the game you're just not really thinking about anything else it's just you don't want to get out there and play. I did want to ask you guys about, you know, being brothers on the same team. That doesn't happen for a lot of people, but I'm assuming, you know, how long have you guys been playing soccer? Has it been your whole lives? Yeah. For, yeah. Much. I mean, it seems like you don't always get to play together. There's always those little bit of crossover years, but, mm-hmm. you know, both being on varsity soccer there at Elk Rapids, how, how has that been, um, you know, with the dynamic and being able to kind of play with each other? That's been, it's been really fun for me because I've always wanted to play with him. I, like... And try to get my parents to let me play on their team when I was younger, but they said I was too young. And I've always wanted to just play with him more since, like, we've gotten older and better. And our connection is, like, really good. I just, so since you guys were separated by two years, you always had a hard time? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, evening out. Is that, yeah. that U14, U12, yeah. like, no, like, <laughs> I'm 13, let me play up, or whatever, but... uh. They can't just say I'm good. Let me play up. <laughs> I mean, what's it like having your little brother on the team? Is it is it is it almost like I know he's just a freshman. So mm-hmm. is it almost like you're trying to like bring along just like a little underclassman, or do you kind of give him a little bit of extra attention? I don't know. It's I think it's really fun. I don't know if I I don't treat him any differently than anybody else on the team. I just think that he's one of those guys that always brings a ton of energy. And no matter who we're playing, every game he's out there giving it 100 percent. And you can always count on him to be one of the best players on the field. Does uh, does coach does coach ever make uh, jokes about you know the soccer running your guys' family or you know he does he does he ever put extra pressure on you because of him because he knows what kind of uh, soccer player your older brother is? No, not really. But some of our teammates do. Like they yeah. make jokes about it sometimes, but. Not really, Coach Plum. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to get over that. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, you're probably one of the ones giving a little bit of slack, aren't you? A, l- a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay, and you guys both play basketball too. You're gonna be on the on the team this year in basketball, hopefully, right? I. Or are you hope. gonna be on JV? I don't know. I'm gonna try out for varsity, but yeah. we don't know yet. Especially with our dad coaching now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes it a little tougher too, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be though if you guys are both on? Varsity together in basketball, I love too. it. That'd I've, be fun. Yeah, I always love playing with him no matter what. Because we, like, we'll do stuff when we're just messing around in, like, the yard or the driveway that'll be, like, just random, like, throw it up and he'll be there. So it'll be... It'd be fun. And that that's a little bit more hands-on when it's only five guys on the court yeah. as opposed to 10 or 11 um, having, to, having to go around. That's, like direct connection type yeah. of stuff so that's pretty sweet usually 11 
Unless somebody really messed up. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I, I saw a couple yellow cards last week. Yeah. It's like 10 or 11. It's not that far off for something to go down. But, uh, I mean, you guys are going into this this regional round here. Uh, I just want to see, you know, what, what were your guys' expectations at the beginning of the season? Obviously, I talked about that soccer culture that you guys have and where you guys want to be. But what, what were your team's expectations and where have you gotten and where do you plan to go? Well, we knew we were going to be pretty good with all the guys we had coming back. And... I don't know, at the beginning of the year, we always do this thing where coach gives us like, a little card and we write down our goals. And almost everybody said that they wanted to win our district, win our region, and compete for a state championship. And then other players, like one of our captains, Gunnar Keaton, wrote what he wanted to do was for us every game to go out and do the little things, which is what we focus on a lot, is just doing the little things, outworking the other team, and wins and stuff will follow. So that's kind of what like the culture's like, just focus on the little things. So Coach Plum asked me, told me to ask you guys about the uh, the bowling league. Oh gosh, <laughs> that the team has, and that you guys are trying to get off get off the ground. So, uh, what, what are you guys trying to do there? Um, started with our parents, and yeah. we told Coach Plum about it. So they're in a bowling league, and he was like, "Ooh, that would be pretty fun if we did that." So one Friday night, I think like probably seventeen or eighteen of us went out to Lucky Jacks. And we bowled a couple games, and then we took like the top ten, split them up, and did a like a com- more competitive game. And so far, we've only done it once, but looking to do it a few yeah. more times. Hopefully maybe it's gonna snowball. Yeah. Hopefully. You said you have relegation and everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys gotta take it pretty seriously, though. <laughs> yeah. is, is that the and competitive then, spirit? And that's soccer style. I was gonna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. yeah is, that, is that is that the competitive spirit in you guys, or is it more you yeah. guys do want to do it for team bonding? Well, that's it, part of it, but <laughs> competitive too. Yeah. How serious do you guys take it? Pretty serious. Well, how good well, are you guys at bowling? Well, some of us are some of us are not good, <laughs> but some of us are pretty good. Like Preston, he's. What do you bowl? Oh my! Well, <laughs> I don't know. When we bowled with them, it was like two twenty, but <laughs> usually, yeah. usually I'm down like in the one seventies. Oh, yeah. so, so you just like, show up at the right like time? No. Bowling team too? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So you dual sport in the winter? One mm-hmm. time, cool. he, he came home from bowling. He was like, yeah, I bowled a 237 twice or something like that. And I was like, dude, come on. What did you bowl? I don't normally bowl. I just throw <laughs> it straight down as far as I can. So my highest I've got is like 185. 185, hey, that's that's a good that's high. pretty good. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> I don't know, man. I used to be in like the Scooby-Doo bowling league when I was a kid. <laughs> that worked out well. So when did you start the uh, the two-handed bowling? Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, you bowl two-handed? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That started probably back around fifth or sixth grade. And just saw it in, like, I was watching the professional bowling, and one of the guys was doing it, and I wanted to try it. So ever since then. Is that a soccer thing? Because I know Blade does that, too. Um, I'm not sure. I <laughs> bowled against him a few times. but Yeah. Blake Hellflesh from yeah. TC West. He's yeah. also on the bowling team, and he does two-handed okay. as well. Okay, well, since we're off the so- topic of uh, soccer, that could lead us into the Freaky Fast Five. That doesn't count as one. That That's a bonus question. But <laughs> the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's, where we fire five rapid-fire questions at you guys and see what you can come up with. James, you go ahead and go first since you're the goofball over here. <laughs> okay. When you're at a buffet, how many trays of food do you start off with? One. Yeah, one. You just start off with one? Yeah. How many do you get? Two or three. I get like three or four. <laughs> yeah, I do China Buffet sounds like a pretty good deal. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. How would you plan, How? what would be your sales plan to sell hot cocoa in Florida? Um, <laughs> in a hockey rink. Yeah. Okay. 
Hockey or, rink? Or just like, you know, in the morning when it's cold and someone's like running down the street, just be like, you, would, you, would you like some Only from 5.30 to 7.30 we're yeah. open <laughs> on the streets of Miami. <laughs> All right, James. Okay, how, how long does it take you to throw scroll through Facebook before you get disgusted and give up? <laughs> About ten seconds. Yeah, we don't. I don't go on Facebook. No, no social media for you guys. Or you guys like a Twitter, Twitter people. Instagram. I like Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. I feel like that's the way that everything's trending nowadays. <laughs> All right. If you could get rid of any one state, which one would it be and why? Alaska. That's <laughs> way out there. Okay. Should I think Alaska. That was quick. Right. I think Alaska's cool. Right. Alaska's like Alaska, half yeah. the size of the entire <laughs> yeah. continental United States. Yeah. Oh. Um. I'd probably get rid of Texas. Okay. Because Texas, there's too many poisonous animals. Okay. <laughs> they scare me. Is the Australia of North America? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'd be the normal person. Say I get rid of Ohio, armpit of or America. No, nothing good happens in Ohio. <laughs> All right, James, you got one. How many donuts are you capable of eating in one sitting? Are these <laughs> donut holes or like normal size donuts? Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm actually more <laughs> interested in the donut holes because it's going to be a much higher number. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll donut go donut, holes. We'll go donut holes. Probably like 15. Um, Probably like two bags at our bakery, which is 24, I think. That's a lot. Yeah, but so, they're like really good. Do you guys have a bakery? Yeah. Your parents? It's, it's, no, it's no, just the one in Elk Rapids. Yeah. You've got oh. the bad bakery in Elk Rapids. Let's say, what, what's your favorite thing to get from a bakery? What's your go-to? Mine is one... Two bags of donuts. <laughs> chocolate, <laughs> yeah, long, yeah. <laughs> chocolate long john and then like a glazed pretzel or raised glaze. A glazed pretzel? Is yeah. that like just like a pretzel that tastes it, like a donut? It's like dough formed into a pretzel <laughs> like shape and it's just glazed. It's, it's like, like a normal like a donut, donut yeah. but it's just in a pretzel shape? Yeah. Alright. Like, it's like a Krispy Kreme but sort of pretzel, yeah. pretzel, shape. Okay. pretzel shape. What about you? Right. Just like a chocolate donut. Just a chocolate donut? <laughs> yeah. Sprinkles, nuts, anything? Occasionally, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> just just whatever you're feeling that day. You got anything yeah. else that's fun? I think those are five questions. That is five questions. <laughs> so thank you very much, Preston and Spencer Ball, for joining us here in the Get Around studio, and uh, good luck in your regional bouts this week. Thank you. Thank you. That interview brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Another big thank you to the Ball Brothers for coming in and joining us in the Get Around Podcast studio. Always good to have people in playoff contention to kind of pick their brains and see what they're going through. And it's, it's really cool to get that dynamic of two brothers on the same varsity team things that you dream about so thanks once again for coming in that's going to lead us into our game of the week contender or pretender where we're going to talk about the four local area teams left in the playoffs who are in the state hunt for a state title and let you know if we think they are going to be contenders or pretenders we have one team left in each division it'd be really cool if we could get a four division sweep for northern michigan but we have traverse city west in division one gaylord in division two Elk Rapids in Division Three and Leland in Division Four. Leland, obviously, being that defending state champion in Division Four. We're going to go one by one. Let's start off in Division One, work our way down. Traverse City West, contender or pretender? I'm going contender for them this year. I've 
really like the way they gel on the field and the skill set top to bottom. I mean, these guys are just hungry. They they won the district with, I'm not going to say ease, but pretty comfortable. 3 nothing was the final over Central, right? That yep. was the biggest win over Central all year. Uh, and, you know, the Trojans really wanted that win at their home field. That was the first that. time they ever met in the district final, too, so it was one of the mm -hmm. biggest games that they've ever had against so each other. I, I'm going to go out and let me say this is one of the easier districts they've had to win in a while, so I think that shows more that this is just a really strong Titan team. I don't know how well the Portage Northern, I believe, is their semifinal opponent. Um, they, they tied, or, yeah, they tied Portage Northern the first game of the season. year. Very first game of the year. It's almost like a little Leland situation. Or they're going to be able to come back and get a little bit of revenge. I like them against Portage Northern. Well, they might have lost to Portage Northern one to zero. I'm not sure, but it, they did not beat them. I know I'm that. going to say West has gotten a lot, but I'm sure Portage Northern has too. But I like their chances against Portage Northern. The Okemos team they play in the regional final. If they get that far, that's where the questions start to come up. But I think this Titan team is very much a contender, at least for a regional round, to, to get to that final week of the season. James, yeah, I think so too. I mean, uh, it's a tough draw. I mean, but you're going to get a tough draw pretty much here. That's the unless, point of it. Unless you really luck out. Except for one region that I'm going to talk about in a second. Unless here. you really luck out, you're going to get a pretty tough draw. But, I mean, yeah, Portage Northern's 13-7-2. And then the next round, they'd probably get Okemos, who's 18-1. and Yeah, I've only lost one game all year. Uh, so, you know, those would be uh, some pretty tough games. And uh, But, but I, you know, Trevor City West has gotten better all season. They've got multiple guys who can be scoring threats. They're not a one-dimensional team where you can lock down on one guy and stop them. So, I think, I think they've got... What they can do, you know, they've got good goaltending, they've got good defense. All right, so contenders, Division Two, Gaylord, contender, pretender. I think Gaylord's in a little bit of trouble here. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say that because of their inexperience more than anything else. But they played some very good teams all year. They've looked very good all year. They're, this, they're gonna talk about this season for a long time for Gaylord soccer. But when you go up against uh, Grand Rapids, Forest Hills, Northern team that hasn't lost a game, I yet. think they're actually like. Super number one. That they're, they're, they're ranked number two in the state. Okay, yeah. overall between yep. all divisions. And, and that's your matchup in the regional semi. And if you get by them, then you get Byron Center, who's ranked number five. Yeah, I, we would love to see Gaylord pull it off, but I, I don't think that's a it's as draw. believable in their regional as it might be for some of these other teams. All right, let's go to Division Three then, boys. Elk Rapids, our guest that we just had on. I mean, they rolled over a good Boyne City team in the district final. What do you guys think? I'm throwing it out there. I... Don't, hey, this isn't a knock on Elk Rapids because you play who you play. I don't think, I think this is the easiest regional as far as opponents that they're looking up against that they've had to deal with all these years. I think a Gladwin team is very experienced, but they've lost some soccer games this year. I think the Elks are very capable of beating the Flying G's in the semis, and then you're facing a Ludington, Muskegon Oak Ridge winner in the final. Orchard View, yeah. Or Orchard View, you know, I mix those. One of those Muskegon, Muskegon schools. One of those Muskegon schools. Yeah, one schools. of those 800 Muskegon schools. Uh... I'm assuming it's Ludington. They were in the state finals a few years ago. They've had some strong teams, but even they're down a little more this year. I think on paper, Elk Rapids is the best team in that region, and I'm going to be surprised if they aren't hoisting up the trophy in Claire on Saturday. Yeah. What is it about soccer in Muskegon? Because they've got, in these four regionals, yeah, we're gonna get we to have, Muskegon there's, in a second there's, here. there's four teams from Muskegon in these regionals that we are, our teams have. I mean, a, lot that is, of, a lot of World Cup that's, talk down That's there. pretty impressive for Muskegon. But uh, anyway, yeah, that, that is, I, I think that, that they maybe have the, I guess easiest. I don't see draw, how, but we're going with but we're going with contender because oh, they, 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 oh, they have oh, a good definitely. they have a good shot is what we're saying. Definitely, yes, absolutely. The best of the four as far as their opponents, I believe, in the next week here. 
All right, well, let's move to Division Four. There's the f- defending state champions, the Leland Comets. I know I just saw them against Glen Lake last week, who had been putting up a lot of goals, could not do anything against that Leland defense. And See, I mean, th- this one's the one that intrigues me the most yeah. because obviously Leland is good enough to win both games, but they're going to have the toughest two probably back-to-back opponents in Granville Calvin, who I think is their top five, right? And then number one. Oh, they're number one. Yeah. So you got to get through number <laughs> well, current number one, which whatever. Leland are the champs, and they've got the chops. With plenty of play. We've seen them outscore everybody. Then they have to play West Michigan Christian, likely again in the regional final, and that's a team that we all know the history between those two, and they played again this year. And West Michigan won that one, won nothing. So, do I think Leland can do it? For sure. Is that probably the toughest road of our four teams, including the Gaylord one that I said they're not going to have a very good chance? By far. Yeah, so Leland is playing against the odds as far as the talent they got to go up against. Having said that, I'm not going to be surprised if they do win one. Yeah, get through the regional, and then you know what that means. The hardest part's out of the way. So Four re- of the top six teams in the state are in this regional. Because West Michigan Christian, which is ranked number four, is going to have to get past North Muskegon, who's ranked number three. To get to Leland, who's six. Well, I, I got a good feeling that we're going to have a couple regional titles out of one of these or two of these four teams at the very least. So we'll see how that shakes out over the next week or so. That section, sponsored by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, are freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. All right, that is going to lead us into the Hall of Fame, where we induct one more member into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. We have a Obviously, a couple great candidates this week, and we do have a standard here on the get around. Yeah, we have a standard here on the get around that you know state champions get into the Hall of Fame. So I'm just going to go ahead lead off with the guys from St. Francis who won state championships in tennis this weekend. Brennan Chenard, Ben Schmood at the number one double flight in Division Four, and Cody Richards in the number three singles flight in Division Four. Those are my nominations. Pretty much going to get in, but boys, who do you guys want to put up? Uh, we talked earlier about the importance of the golf finals and uh, how impressive our, our Traverse City girls did, especially at the top there. Uh, I'm going on CD, maybe a little rougher of a Friday than she planned on the golf course. Who's, who, who knows what would happen if she had cut her score she'd have been happy with, but we're sitting here, she finished runner-up. That's only more motivation for next year for her senior season. Uh, one of the best golfers in the state, maybe in the entire country. I'm going with on CD for my nomination. I'll throw in uh, Emlyn Munch in there as she had uh, you know, finished her senior year in, in style, finishing runner-up in Division One or Division Two, sorry. Um, and uh, you know, it's just a, a pretty good placing, good, pretty good way for her to end her uh, season. She's probably going to go on and play the college level, but you know, yeah, I mean, a couple of runners up, a couple of runners up for the state. Sadly, also have runners up for the Get Around Hall of Fame. But as I said. We kind of have, uh, we've set a standard here. So congratulations. We could throw them on a volleyball team and get them on the next few weeks. <laughs> right. How do we do that? Uh, but congratulations, Brendan Chenard, Ben Schmood, and Cody Richards from Traverse City St. Francis. You're the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame. So that is going to lead us into our last and favorite segment of the show, the trifecta. Got a question today James and I kind of thought about last week, but since the XFL draft has just happened, I wanted to ask Did you fellas. Did anybody care about the XFL draft? Hey, man, I, I, I read some stuff. There's some old Spartan dogs who got drafted, some guys who are going to be playing. So, I mean, I'm at least interested to see how hey, it's going to turn I'm, out. I'm a guy that watched the original XFL because I was so into WWF back in the day. So Vince McMahon was starting up a football company. I was totally watching it. Chicago Enforcers were my team. 
okay, let's Dude, fast but yeah, forward no, but now 18 years later. Is it going to work? Little... Is it going to work on how, a second comeback? People don't care about off-season football. It just it doesn't happen. How many companies have we seen? What's the arena football has probably been the best that we've seen? They're, they're still around. 20 years? Are they? Yeah, they're still oh, around. They're still around. <laughs> they had a TV deal. So they, they got to be. Rapids had a team, right? I think they even won Van Hill. They might have won there once. So that was kind of cool because you were like indoors and I don't know. Maybe it wasn't cool. But I don't, I, me and James talked about it on last week's podcast. It was literally like if I could have football year round, I would prefer it. But it just needs but to be. But maybe that's why you like it. But it's got to be good football. Yeah, but it has to be good football. I watched some AAF this spring and. Well, that was the eh. problem with the XFL last time out. It you wasn't know. good football. There was a lot of issues. You know, people knew it was exciting. It was in it, and there's a lot of things the NFL has taken since from the original XFL, the sky cams and whatnot. I mean, that was all started with, with the XFL back in 2001, but they only made it one season last time. They have worse team nicknames this time around. <laughs> Those 2001 <laughs> nicknames were awesome, man. I know. The Bur- Maniacs? Mania- Memphis Maniacs, Birmingham Thunderbolts, LA Extreme. That just sounds like a game of NFL. It does, but like now it's like the, uh, the Roughnecks. I think that's where Connor Cook's going. Wasn't one of them the Predators? The LA Wildcats. The Predators? They chose the most basic sporting name ever, the Wildcats. <laughs> what are we doing here? I'm not going to toss it out the window just yet. I kind of want to see how the, how the football is. If I can see something, if they if they do it in the spring over the summertime when there's nothing else going on well, except springs. for baseball, it's very but I, I I'm just but if they were to figure out when it's supposed to go when there's literally nothing else going on, I'd watch football. I said that about the AAF, but I think the turmoil that surrounded the AAF with them paying their players not being able to do this, like if the XFL can keep all that type of stuff regular, XF- AOK XFL has the money exactly they just need to get the ratings and and I'll tell you this right that's now, that's it. Current WWE product not getting the ratings like they used to back then. So but that's the XFL is the, the XFL is it's the same crazy old band running it, but it's not a scripted story. It's still just football, and it failed before. I'm going to give them one, maybe two years, but the XFL is going to be another doomed I mean, experiment. For you called for a minor league I'll, football I'll, program. I'll give, it a, I'll give it a shot. But, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. But, I mean, the guy who was the second overall pick in their draft was, like, the first guy the Lions cut. I mean, Connor Cook got cut, like, even before the first preseason game. Yeah, I mean, but he was in the league for several years as a backup. And Tommy Maddox was the MVP of the original season, and he was in the league several years, too. doesn't mean... It was a phenomenal. He hate me is like the biggest memory. I don't even remember that guy's yeah. real name. They just put he hate me on the Rod Las Smart. Vegas out. Rod Smart. There he is. So all right, well, it's all about gigs. Just so like real maybe we, we give it a year or two at most. Let him put the nicknames yeah. on the jersey again. Like I mean, I don't. Like, what's Cook's nickname? I don't know. Chef. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> it's, it sounds like we don't think it's gonna work. You gonna be in an XFL fantasy league? Man, I had one when the first incarnation of the XFL. Never thought about it. Was, I really it was hard as heck to do because league. when you had your draft, you didn't know who was starting for any of these teams. That's perfect. At the, after the draft, I had no starting quarterbacks. Okay. But I had five of the eight starting running backs. Well, I guess we'll see. I just figured since the draft happened, and I saw some names that I'm still interested in seeing play football. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try. Hey, let's reassess in April and see who wins the million-dollar game. We'll go from there. All right. I think that's what they call their Super Bowl. They did. Well... That's gonna that's gonna wrap up the million dollar podcast. Yeah, the million dollar podcast, episode number ninety eight of the get around. Yeah, if this was a million dollar computer, I don't know if we'd be uh, if we'd still be here. But my name is Jake Adnip. I've been your host today for seven and four is Harrison BB and James Cook and everybody here at the Get Around Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.